fact that we have any signal at all either means the jammers aren't working anymore. Shit. They want us to broadcast. Why, why, why would the course want Oh, fuck. Grim Grenard, all teams. The animated room has been hit. Everyone be careful going in. God fucking... This is Graham Grinner, on all channels. Hey there, Wastelanders. Just fucking quit on me now! News of violent attack catch you all as the phoenix rises from the ashes. Welcome to the Wastes. No, 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 we, we won't make it to Roblox like this. We need to try and keep him stable. Get him to the med bay or something. It's, it's the only chance we have. Lady, Stella, get your team back to the bakery and update them on what happened. Liam, you have the faster bikes. I need you to gun it to the garage and see if Gabriel can get a small crew to the wreckage once the creeps are clear. We need to try and see if we can salvage anything. Shit, he's going into shock. Put the pedal to the floor, CJ. Don't you fucking quit on me, Praxis. You got me? Good evening, Wastelanders. It's, um... It's been a couple days since we went to the animated broom to try and figure out that weird transmission. Um, it, it was a trap. Looks like the corporations were tired of trying to chase me down and decided, decided to try and drag me out by attacking my friends. Um, by the time we got there, the place was half on fire. So much destruction, I almost thought it was ferals. But that's when the elites came out. One of them had Praxis. He was beaten and bloody. I... I saw red. <sighs> CJ Blesser tried to stop me. But something in me broke. The first two elites were dead before they could react. The third... The third was faster. Before I could aim for them, before I could even see it, he stuck a knife between his ribs. It even sounded like that sadistic fuck was laughing as I emptied my gun into them. We got practice into the atomic maple as the rest of the network showed up for covering fire. Must have been at least 50 creeps, most of them saw a couple couriers go down as well, but everyone seemed to pull back when we did. CJ and I tried to get to the med bay, but... Earlier today, I buried my friend. I've said goodbye to a lot of people since I left that bunker. Some I've shed a tear, others I've barely been able to even register that they were gone until I found safety. But Praxis, he's... He's one of those people I thought would always be there. He had become such a recognizable name and face in the wastes. And the idea that he won't be at the animated broom, so expertly keeping the peace and feeling even the corporate merc's sense of honor. This one hurts. A lot. And it puts into perspective the amount of influence one person can have out there. So many of us drove, like,
like hell to try and help. And even knowing it was a trap. People from so many different walks of life all connected just through knowing the animated broom and what a respite it was for the hellscape that we're in. At the ceremony, I had trouble telling a proper eulogy. I know, that sounds ridiculous considering my own role out in the wastes. But it's true. I've known Praxis for a long time, and yet when I went up to speak, I could barely string two sentences together. But now that I've regained a bit of composure, and have a drink or two. I'd like to broadcast my eulogy to Praxis properly. And of course, what better eulogy to tell than the story of the first time I met him? <laughs> it's, it's jarring to think that up until a couple days ago, I would barely have remembered this story. And yet, in just the past day and a half, it's so clear in my memory. It would have been some time after I left the Dripping Rose to try and expand my understanding of the wastes. I'd been scavenging a bit more northwest and had even set up a sort of camp for myself in the wreckage of an old police station. Wasn't much in the way of ammo or weapons, but I was making do. After about a week there, and no real threats in the area, I started trying to expand my radius for scrounging. That led to me discovering another camp, just on the outskirts of that small town. I had gotten pretty good at keeping hidden when I needed to, so I scouted things out for a couple of days. The person I was watching was alone, aside from a small ferret they were keeping as a pet. Never strayed too far, but had a pretty intimidating rifle, so I made sure that if I was going to approach, that I would steer clear of the... <laughs> muzzle of that. I guess I wasn't quite stealthy enough, though. After three days of recon and making sure this person wasn't a threat, I woke up in my own camp with a small note left on the doors of the station. All it said was, Hey, wanna share some food? Had to be a trap. Just, it had to be. But, since I hadn't found much else to eat in town other than some cans of beans and corn and some other questionable unlabeled cans, I was willing to test the waters. That afternoon, in full daylight, I approached his camp. And there he sat, with a full chicken roasting over a small fire. <laughs> didn't even say hello, didn't reach for his gun, simply smiled up at me and said, can you believe it? I found one of those old walk-in freezers at a butcher shop. Most of the stuff is pretty ruined, but this was still good enough to thaw out. Then he glanced at my pack, saw the cans of corn, and grinned that grin I'm sure we're all familiar with. Motioned for me to take a seat and tossed me a can opener crack open our side dish. My name's Praxis, he told me while he turned the chicken. Came up with it after the bombs dropped. Figure my old life was gone, so why stick to my old name? Of course, I introduced myself as well, and we talked about our lives from before the fall while the chicken finished cooking. 
We dug in and shared a few laughs about some of our experiences. I told him about the Dripping Rose and about some of the places I had been before there. He told me about some of the bigger camps and caravans he had spent some time with. Shared some more stories until a rad storm started to creep in. With his meager tent, I knew Praxis wouldn't last the night in a storm like that, so we cleared out some more space in the station so that he could set up camp there. I learned a lot from Praxis over the next few days. I heard some more about settlements like Ausund and learned about the rumors of places like the farm and other walled-off cities that might be out there aside from the Gat. When I also learned about Phoenix Express. Praxis had encountered some of their couriers while traveling with some of his trading caravans, and had become kind of an unofficial scout for them, sending wastelanders with promise Balasar's way. I still don't know why he never became a courier himself, since he had a knack for getting into places that other people couldn't. I was obviously intrigued, and we talked more about what it would entail. Turns out Praxis was heading in a similar direction as he had heard about the ruins of an old shop he wanted to rebuild and turn into his own outpost. He had done enough wandering and wanted to help from a fixed location for a bit. So, when things were clear, we tore down our camp and began the trip north. We didn't have any vehicles, so it took about four days and nights to get up to the area Praxis was looking to set up in. But, much to our dismay, it was already occupied by a nasty group of raiders. I had grown used to Praxis's laid-back nature in our travels north, so seeing him shift and grow cold and calculating behind the eyes was a bit scary, if I'm being honest. Within a few minutes of scouting, he had a plan, and knew exactly how many bullets it would take to either scare the raiders off or ghost them. What was truly terrifying was it was the same amount of bullets. Eleven. We agreed that me going in as the distraction was integral to the plan. I would talk loud and fast, throw the raiders off their game. They didn't seem to have any guns, but there were a couple crossbows being held by some of them. They would drop first. Then there were the brutes near the doors to the building. Of course, they would need to go down, otherwise there was no point in trying any further. Luckily, they weren't wearing helmets, so headshots would be easier. From there, it was a matter of deciding whether I would go for intimidation alongside the bullets, or I would keep talking fast and let Praxis pick them off. And it was a tough call, to be honest. My encounters with raiders at that point were sparse, but that was because I had gone out of my way to avoid taking them on solo. And even with just the two of us, the odds weren't the best. But I had made it this far, so into the lines then I went. I can't even remember anything that came out of my mouth, just that it was a lot of barely coherent nonsense. But, since these raiders were speaking the same kind of garbled language, made it easy to throw them off. Most of them had come forward, aside from, of course, the crossbows hiding out on the second floor and the brutes by the entrance. Then, bang, 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 bang. Crossbows and brutes dropped at my signal. I gotta say, the look on the faces of the remaining raiders was priceless. Leader just about shat himself thinking I was making bullets out of thin air. Luckily that meant that none of them had spotted Praxis, which I played to our advantage. 
and that was when I decided which way I wanted to go with handling them. I pulled out a crowbar and leveled my very empty pistol at them. Intimidation. Praxis caught the move and went for the shoulders and knees of a few more raiders. Then I think the leader actually did make brownies in his britches. Two more shots rang out and took out the weapons from the two thugs behind the leader. One more to graze the top of his scalp as it took the helmet off the leader's head. By my count at that point, we were at nine shots, and they all started running. Two more shots took out the flag they had set hanging over the roof and tripped them up as they made tracks to get out of there. Up to that point, I don't think I had ever laughed as hard as I did watching that display. Praxis met me by the building, and in between fits of laughter we cleared out the remains of the raiders and chucked anything they left behind that couldn't be repurposed or used in some way. We spent a few days cleaning it up and sorting out what we would need to get things up and running. Luckily they had left behind the generator, which was a good start. As a thank you, Praxis gave me a Phoenix Express badge and gave me the directions to get to Balasar safely to sign up. He also showed me the first sketch of the logo he had in mind for his outpost. Of course, I don't need to describe it, we all know what it looks like. Praxis was truly a gem out in the rough of the wastes, and one I don't think anyone ever fully knew the brightness of. From offering a scrappy wastelander a bit of his food to running an outpost anyone could rely on for help when they needed it. He really was something special. I'm going to miss him, as I'm sure a lot of us will. Gabriel was able to get a team to recover the sign from the animated broom, and we bought it back to Burblack. There's debate right now on setting up a small trading post and calling it the animated broom, reusing the sign in memory of Praxis. I personally think it should be used as a headstone. I'd even be willing to suggest setting up a small solar cell to keep it lit up as a reminder of the beacon he was, he was to a lot of us. For now, I want to finish off this broadcast with a warning to any and all corporate slimeballs that can hear me, since I know you're listening. You think that by taking out places like the liquor box, and the animated broom will scare us out here and send us running. You think it'll weaken us, but you're wrong. You spent years trying to claim you were the saviors of the wastes and that falling in line under corporate rule will make you and everyone else stronger. All you're doing is showing the wastes your true colors behind all those monochrome suits. And we're becoming stronger to fight back against you. There's a fight coming your way, and no amount of walls or tech will stop humanity from rising up against you. I promise you that much. This is Grim Grinner, Voice of the Wastes, on all channels. See you in the Wastes. Welcome to the Wastes is a Wasteland podcast brought to you by Edward Grim Grinner Hutchinson. Feel free to follow me on all social media, make sure to subscribe so you can hear new episodes as they release. 
If you like what I do here and want to support the podcast by getting some cool merch, check out my Etsy store. For more information and all the links, check out linktree.com slash welcome to the wastes. Thanks for listening.